Hi, we're Amy and McKenna, both business owners, photographers, and a small part of this Spark community. Spark is a group of Christian women creatives that meets weekly to discuss our faith, our lives, and our businesses. Because let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. Our mission is to be a weekly place of rest for creatives, to find a safe space to connect with God and grow in their faith. We want to invite you to be a part of that when your coffee's running low and you're on the go. We'd love to meet you where you're at. Come join the conversation. Welcome back to our first episode of 2021. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm McKenna here with our other host, Amy. Hey, guys. We are so excited to be back and we're really looking forward to this year. If you're listening, we want to start out by saying thank you. We're so grateful you're here. We would love to connect with you. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or shoot us an email anytime. We hope you guys enjoyed the holidays and that 2021 is off for a great start for you. We've spent the last month planning and praying for the podcast this year, and we can't wait to share more about what we have in store. We're hoping to continue to dive into one topic together each month, bringing on other Christian creatives in our community to share their experiences and testimonies. One of the things that we love most about our weekly Spark meetings are the Christ-centered conversations about what we are studying that week, sharing and seeking guidance for the personal struggles in our businesses or in our families, and the triumphs of how God has been faithful and answered prayer in our lives. Our hope for this podcast is to open up those conversations to you, even if you are not able to attend in person each week. One change you may notice is that we are planning on releasing episodes bi-weekly instead of weekly. With a busy wedding season, if you don't know, we're both wedding photographers, and Makita planning her own beautiful wedding day, we wanted to find a way to continue to share the podcast, even in a busy season. Be on the lookout for a new episode every other Wednesday morning. This month, we're going to be talking about the Bible. This is something that we are both really excited about, but can also feel a little overwhelming at times. In September, we began reading through the Bible as a group with Spark, starting in Genesis and going all the way through to Revelations. It has been a big undertaking for our group, but one that has been fulfilling and has rewards we can see already. Right now, we are in Second Kings, and we hope to be able to finish reading all the way through it by the end of this year. Amy, what has been your experience with reading the Bible? I remember having a desire to read through the Bible back in 2014. If you know me, you know how much I love reading Harry Potter. I listen to all seven audiobooks at least once a year. Now once stick a with year? me. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> more. Definitely more. <laughs> it is crazy. I don't remember how it came up, but I found out that it only takes 70 hours to listen to the Bible all the way through. It takes 117 hours to listen to all of the Harry Potter books. And I've honestly lost count of how many times I've read them all. I started to feel that tug at my heart from God to spend time reading his word and to put more time into getting to know him. I had grown up in church and I knew many of the main stories in the Bible, but I wanted to better understand how they all fit together. It took me about a year and a half to read through it for the first time. And I remember finishing it a few months before I gave birth to my daughter, Audrey. I have read through the Bible all the way through twice now, and I'm reading through it for a third time with Spark. I can honestly say God speaks to me differently each time I read through it. I feel like I'm always learning something new or gaining understanding from parts of the stories that might not have stood out to me before, most of the time because I'm in a slightly different stage of life. What about you, McKenna? You know, it's always been a very slow experience for me. I feel like I went through the highs and lows while reading through the Bible, um, especially in high school. I started reading 
all the way through. And then, well, life happened. In college, the same thing happened again. And on and off I went. It's tough. You know, I think it's just like a tough, it's tough then and it's tough now, you know, and um, I struggle with just getting started. I think that's like the hardest part. Um, But when I look back at my biggest regret is just not starting sooner in business and in my faith. Um, I had a relationship with the Lord early on, but I never really had that burning desire to learn more about the Bible. Like I just kind of went with what you said, you know, like we know the stories that people have told us. I went to church and I did Bible studies throughout the week. I prayed and developed my relationship there. But as far as studying the Bible, that was something that's always been very hard for me. As I got older, I found that mornings really do work best. Uh, Having that 10 to 15 minutes to read over the Bible and pray helps me get back on track um, for the rest of the day. At a young age, teachers and parents would tell me that that's the best time to have a quiet time, but I needed to exhaust all other options that clearly didn't work before finding my footing. I can totally relate to that, McKenna. I love to listen to the Bible in the morning as well when I run. Um, I listen to it on the Dwell app, um, and it's amazing. It allows you um, to play whichever version you want, to add music in the background, and it really um, is just a wonderful tool when you're busy and running around. This is a time that I have quiet time, that I pray. Um, I like reading the Bible straight through from Genesis to Revelation. Right now I'm working through the straight through plan on the Dwell app. The reading each day is usually around 10 to 20 minutes. And I honestly feel energized and true contentment after spending time in the word. Just out of curiosity, what version of the Bible do you like to read? Um, I typically do NIV or C- CSB. You know, I'm reading the She Reads Truth Bible. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that Bible because it has like a lot of things that you can learn from and it kind of explains it a little bit deeper. And that's CSB version. So, um, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, too. I have the She Reads Truth Bible and um, it is packed full of beautiful artwork and maps. And mm. um, that's that's the one I'm reading through now. But I've also loved the NIV. I think I grew up reading the New King James Version. Um, I think I did, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Southern Baptist like yes. version for sure. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> um, but how has reading through the Bible spoken into your life or changed your life? Can you remember a specific moment or a significant event? I think many things have been spoken into my life or changed my life just reading the Bible. Um, But one moment that truly jumps out at me was when my 96-year-old great-grandma danced to heaven in 2014. Mm -hmm. She was just a woman of love, and she was sharp as a whip. Um, Her name was Violet Petrie Sailor, but everyone that knew her called her Grandma Violet. She was a mother, a grandmother, great, and a great, great grandmother, as well as a friend to many. If you visit her home of 82 years in Goldthray, Texas, you would find the warmth of her smile, the comfort of her food, and the touch of her arms hugging you. During a visit, she just knew exactly what you needed, whether that be a hardtack biscuit or blueberry muffins, cornbread, or just coffee and conversation, which I am always up for coffee and conversation, especially now. When I was in her home, um, she had just passed away in January of 2014, and I was surrounded by family um, she loved and the memories that she created, and it was beautiful. You know, my cousin was there as well. I got all a bunch of cousins that were there, but um, my one cousin went directly to the photo albums, and she began walking around the house sharing pictures with the other family. I couldn't get to the kitchen fast enough to join her. But as soon as I reached for one of the photo albums, my eyes fell upon my grandmother's Bible. It had been left open with a blue, white lace pearled marker. 
and I was intrigued to see what the verse it had been left on was. I found nothing marked, underlined, or highlighted. Instead, I turned the pages and found sheets of papers with poems, quotes, and letters from family lovingly preserved. I opened and read one that turned out to be lyrics to a song. He can turn the tides and calm the angry sea. He alone decides who writes a symphony. He lights every star that makes our darkness bright. He keeps watch through each long and lonely night. He still finds the time to hear a child's first prayer. Saint and sinner call and always find him there. Though it makes him sad to see the way we live, he'll always say, I forgive. He can grant a wish or make a dream come true. He can paint the clouds and turn the gray to blue. He alone knows where to find the rainbow's end. He alone can see what lies beyond the bend. He can tough a tree and turn the leaves to gold. He knows every lie that you and I have told. Though it makes him sad to see the way we live, he'll always say, I forgive. Beneath it in her writing, she she scrawled out, "Um, This I wish to have sung at my passing. I continued to thumb through her Bible with hopes of finding more evidence of her love of God shining through. In the very back of her Bible were handwritten thoughts on a little Nesco Supply Corporation letterhead. (laughs) So random. Attached was a quote, and it read, Before you turn out your light tonight, ask yourself, did what I do today make a difference in the life of one person? You know, I look back at her Bible, and it had, you know, just page after page of either notes in there that she had written on and, um, and it was just so special. And so I just remember I was going through like a really tough time during this part with, um, just forgiving people in my own family and kind of moving forward. And I ended up reading this actually at her funeral, um, in that, in January, 2014. And it was really hard to get through then. And just like it was today, but, um, I just remember reading that and knowing that it's so true. Like, however we live our lives, like, God is going to always forgive us. And it's such an amazing thing when we have him in our heart to be able to look back and know that God is there. Um, And I just love that my grandmother gave that to me. It felt like such a gift, but I think that more so like God gave me that gift through her because I think that was the only way at that point it was going to reach me to just kind of move forward and move on past the hurt I felt like I was feeling. Yeah, I can imagine that must have been such a treasure finding her Bible and getting to read her words, especially after she passed and um, your great grandmother, Violet sounds like such an amazing person, McKenna. And um, Mm -hmm. I think that's such a a cool story of, you know, God connecting you with her and connecting um, you with him at the same time. And wonderful that you got to read that at her passing as well. I know as I'm, you know, reading through my Bible, I like to make notes and, um, you know, write in the margins and underline things. And I don't know, who knows, maybe Audrey and Ryan will read them one day. Mm. I know reading through the Bible has changed my life in many ways, but I think one of the biggest has been gaining a better understanding for who God is, his character, his desire for justice, and the love and grace that he shows us. I remember reading through the Bible for the first time when I was praying about a wedding I wanted to capture when I was pregnant with Audrey. When I realized I was due to give birth in the middle of wedding season, I felt sick. I did not want to let any of my couples down. What if I couldn't be there? At the beginning of my pregnancy journey, I knew I needed prayer. And so I prayed and I asked God um, which weddings I would be able to capture um, and which ones I wouldn't be able to. And I feel like he answered me really clearly. 
Um, when I prayed about one wedding I had about a week before my due date, I felt like God told me I was not to photograph that one. The wedding day came in at the end of June and I had not given birth yet. And I was feeling great. I so badly wanted to go and photograph that wedding. I remember debating it all week and even mentioning it to you, McKenna, to our close friend, Caroline, who was going to be shooting it and and capturing the day. Um, And you guys encouraged me to pray about it and not to rush into making a decision. When I took it to God in prayer, I remember him telling me no again. I was not to capture it. I even remember him revealing to me that if I did go and shoot it, it would be an intentional act of disobedience, just like Moses when he struck the rock twice in the desert. Moses did not enter the promised land because of this act of disobedience and mistrust. And I felt like God was telling me that if I disobeyed him, I would not enter the promised land either. And that was a little terrifying to hear such a bold command, especially when it's not the answer I wanted. I wanted to go photograph the wedding and I felt like I was able to. In the end, I chose to listen to God and I stayed home that day. You know, reading through the Bible, it gave me a way to have a two-way relationship with God because I had just been reading that story. I felt like, you know, he was able to teach me through it. Um, I learned that he is a God who is just and asks us to trust him and to follow his commandments. He sees the full story and knows what's best for us, and he loves us and wants good things for us. God used the story I'd read in the Bible to speak to me, and if I had not been reading through it and studying his word— I don't know if I would have heard him in the same way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I was there for all that. (laughs) And I remember how hard it was for you. But, um, you know, I don't feel like God gives us everything that's always easy. You know, and I think that sometimes we just have to make really hard decisions, but that God's going to be there for us. Um, What has it been like reading the Bible all the way through with Spark? What have you learned so far? What have been the things that you've enjoyed most or what routines have worked well for you, Amy? What has God really been showing you and teaching you through his word? I can honestly say I've loved reading through the Bible with Spark so much. It's wonderful to be able to study it in community. I've never really done that before. God says that the Bible is his living word and he speaks to us all differently through it. Mark 12:30 calls us to love God with our hearts and our minds. My biggest conviction lately has been to read repetitively, to try to interpret what the text says myself before going to another source. This is the living, breathing word of God and what God may reveal to me through his reading may be different, you know, than what he's revealing to someone else. It's really amazing to see what God's revealing to each of us. And it's helpful to try to work through the challenging passages together. We've read from Genesis to second Kings so far, and I found it incredible that God continues to seek to be in relationship with the people he created, most of who have turned their backs on him. His patience and grace for rebellious people is one thing that amazes me. I grew up learning so much about God's love, you know, that he loves us so much. And it's eye-opening for me to see God's justice executed in the Old Testament. I feel like reading through the Bible is giving me a fuller understanding for his character and how he's calling us to live out our lives as Christians here on earth. It's convicting and challenging, but in a good way. God's been personally calling me to humility, to seek him in everything I do, and to deepen my prayer life and walk with him. I try to listen to the Bible on my runs each day or in the car if I'm driving to the grocery store or to a session. Sometimes I'll get behind in my reading and it can be tough. I've found that praying and asking God for a desire to read his word is helpful if I'm feeling overwhelmed or behind. What about you, McKenna? 
I definitely have to pray for that desire. I've never been really into like the school aspect or like reading in general, like the comprehension of things like comes a little bit slower, but I feel like with spark and everything, you know, we did, we started off with like a bang, you know, it was easy and repetitive and um, so nice to have that community as the holidays approached, it became a little harder to keep a consistent routine. I think what I've learned is something I always knew, but I never really understood that we serve a just God. Um, you even mentioned it before, like you saw God's love, but like really finding the justice of of his love um, too. And I just, you know, this verse is great for it too. It's, um, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Isaiah 30 to 18. I remember going through Sunday school or at Young Life camps and hearing that over and over again. My parents, like, you know, we serve a just God. We serve a just mm-hmm. God. My parents would say it, Sunday school teachers and preachers. And I just nodded and I was like, oh, yeah, we, we do. We do, you know. But if I'm being honest with myself and, you know, with all of you, I had no idea what that meant. I feel like I'm older now, so I, I'm able to understand a lot more of God's actions and even his love. Um, and through all of that, his mercy and forgiveness of my sins. I'll tell you what, those preachers and Sunday school teachers, uh, much like workout instructors, have been saying this forever. Quiet time should be in the morning um, and so should working out. So I don't know now that I'm doing that first thing um, and I don't put it off. It doesn't, you know, I feel like whenever I did put it off it didn't get done or it got forgotten, or I just tried to rush through it so I could get to the other plans for the day. But when it's the first thing in the morning um, and it's just like that go-to habit, it's a lot easier to keep that routine. So that's something that helps with Spark, um, knowing that it's every Wednesday, kind of like, okay, I need to have to catch up with my reading. You know, I miss it some weeks and I'm not always on top of it, but I think it's, you know, an effort and I'm still trying um, to be on top of it, which is all you can ask for, right? That's so true. It's, you know, I feel like I know I'm reading the Bible more now than I would be on my own. And yeah, it's just, you know, that's a good thing. And I completely agree reading through it in the morning. It changes my whole day. Just Yeah. And just having like accountability partners and getting to work through it, not alone, but together, like you're not ever alone because you have God. I understand that, but it's different with the community reading it together. It's so true. The Bible is full of so many stories that tell the truth of one big story over and over again, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. What are a few examples of stories that come to mind for you when you think of these things, McKenna? Okay. Confession time. (laughs) I know I'm reading women of the word right now. It's by Jen Wilkin and Amy actually recommended it to me a couple weeks ago. It made me super convicted in regards to stories. I remember from other people versus stories I've actually read from the Bible, but I've got to be honest. I love the story of Hosea. I know a big reason I love this story is because I love the book redeeming love written by Francine rivers, but I also feel the story of Hosea showcases God's love for us. Hosea was an avid follower of Jesus, kind of like a pastor or really more like a prophet. God told Hosea to do the unthinkable and take a wife, Gomer, who was being sold as a slave and was a prostitute. Before you think to yourself, like, how odd is this that this is the story that she picks? I want to explain. Gomer, like, wasn't down with this either. She wasn't in love with Hosea, but Hosea pursued her anyway. Hosea did as God told him to do. How many times in our lives for lack of better words, have thrown God's love away. But yet, he still continues to redeem us. 
Hosea and Gomer's story isn't just some gushy love story, even though I will say I love Francine Rivers' rendition of telling this beautiful detailing of the story from the Bible. But their story is one that is our very own. When we, like Gomer, were enslaved, God brought us back. The restoration is shown here over and over through his mercy. And if that wasn't the only reason I love it, I love this story because Hosea didn't give up. I love this story because God wanted Gomer to find redemption. He wanted her to know what love was. I love this story because in a world that can bring us down in every direction we turn, God is there to lift us up. He does. That's such a beautiful story of God's love and redemption. The fact that the Bible is full of so many stories that tell the truth of one big story over and over again totally blew my mind when I started realizing it. It's happened over time through hearing the gospel preached each week on the Risen Motherhood podcast and through reading the Jesus Storybook Bible with my kids. When I read through the Bible for the first time all the way through, I began to notice details that tied so many of the stories together in the Old Testament and the New Testament into one greater story, the gospel of God's love for us and his desire to rescue us from the consequences of sin and bring us back into relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. The main components of the gospel I see playing out over and over again in the stories of the Bible are creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. One of the easiest stories for me to see this in is Adam and Eve. God creates such a beautiful world, and then he creates man and woman to walk with, to talk with in the garden, and to have a relationship with them. The fall happens when Satan enters the garden as a snake and convinces Eve to take a bite of the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's the only tree God asks them not to eat from. Sin enters the world, and we are separated from God. God seeks to enter back into relationship with his people through sacrifices in the Old Testament. But the true and lasting sacrifice comes when he sends his only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for our sins by covering us with his perfect blood, washing away our sins completely, and giving us a way back into relationship with him. This is our redemption. The restoration comes through the Holy Spirit, God's helper, a teacher to live with us, to sanctify us, and to make us more like him. The big story is echoed over and over again throughout the Bible. We see it in Noah. We see it in Jonah, mm. in Ruth, with Boaz, just to name a few. And in Hosea, just, you know, God seeking after us and, you know, the brokenness of people and then the redemption and restoration, bringing us back into relationship with him. When I started looking for these themes, I was amazed to see how many of the smaller stories in the Bible came together to tell the big story of the gospel and God's love for us. When we read through the Bible, we see God's goodness and faithfulness and the way he is working in every story, even the hard ones. It's so beautifully written. And by so many different authors, it's amazing to see it come together in the way it does. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You told that so beautifully. I never thought it would be easy to actually read through the Bible. It's, um, you know, full transparency. Some of the stories are really hard to actually get through. Um, but I feel like as soon as I study the words and piece together those certain stories, I see the big story echoed over and over again, just as you do. And that's a beautiful thing. That was God's intention from the very beginning. The Bible is not a story about us. It's a story about God. How does this change the way you read the Bible when you're looking for God in each story instead of yourself? You know, as crazy as this sounds, this is something that I didn't really realize until recently. I feel like I was always looking for myself in each story. I wanted to relate to the characters, to take lessons from the Bible and apply them to my life. I wanted the Bible to almost be like a self-help book for me. 
but this is not what it is. I remember there were times when I was going through, you know, difficult circumstances that I would open the Bible and just pray that God would speak to me through it. Um, and, you know, while he always did, it just, you know, I, I don't know if that's how the Bible is really meant to be read. Um, the Bible is a story about God. Reading through it all the way changes everything for me. I now try to look for God in each story. What is he doing? How does he feel and react to what is going on? And what does this tell me about his character? When I approach reading through the Bible in this way, my eyes are open to who God is and his will and his desire and his commands for my life. I'm reminded of what McKenna always says. You become most like the five people you surround yourself with. If we are spending time in God's word and in relationship and prayer with him, we will begin to change. The Holy Spirit will do a work in us to sanctify us and make us more like God. McKenna, what are a few ways you've seen your life change when you are reading through God's word and walking in relationship with him? I think there's many ways I've seen my life change. Um, when I'm reading in the word or devoting time each morning with him, I feel more directed. I think back on past years that really were hard. And I just remember feeling lost and confused just about everything. I feel like I didn't really even know who I was It's at certain times. But when I spend time with God, I usually end up focusing on others uh, in giving service. And the most amazing thing uh, happens when you give your time to doing God's work. He opens doors. He speaks to you through other followers. He allowed me to find myself again, which honestly allowed me to find my now <laughs> fiance. So I think like that's a pretty good thing. What about you? Amy? Yeah, Nick is pretty great. And I love that. There really is something so sweet about walking in daily relationship with God. When we trust in God and ask him into our hearts, it's just the beginning. While God wants to spend eternity with us in heaven and, you know, to have us be with him, he also wants a daily relationship with us. He wants to change us, to sanctify us, to make us more like him through his Holy Spirit. God has a work he wants us to do in this world. He calls us to love him, to love others, and to bring others into relationship with him. I know when I'm walking closely to God in prayer, when I'm reading through the truth of his word, my desires and actions begin to change. They begin to align with his. This doesn't mean that I'll ever be without sin. I struggle with this daily, and I believe I'll always be tempted on this side of heaven. That's why it's so important to know the truth, to know God's character and will for our lives. This is the only way we will be able to discern what is from the world and what is from God. I saw this saying randomly on a hairbrush package lately. It said, because honey, you deserve only the best. Things like this sound good. And I read it a couple of times and I was like, oh, there's something, something that just doesn't feel right about that to me. You know, when we really dive into God's word, we see that this conflicts with the message he's trying to tell us. What do we really deserve? Eternal separation from God. Subtle messages, especially the ones that sound good like this, can place a small lie and possibly a sense, a sense of entitlement in our hearts. The truth is, is that we have a God who loves us so much that he did not leave us. He sent his only son to be our rescuer and to bring us back into relationship with him if we accept this gift of grace. It's so much more than we deserve. Reading God's word, studying his truth daily can help us to discern the difference between the ways of God and the ways of the world. We want to encourage you to read through the word with us or on your own to ask for wisdom and understanding it and to store it away in your heart. Let us live our lives to be changed through him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's love God with our hearts and our minds and let's take up our cross daily and follow him.
We're so happy you guys joined us today and we're so grateful you're here and listening. We would love a chance to connect with you. Um, if you guys know where you can find us at njspark.co or njsparkco on Instagram. And before we go today, we want to leave you with this verse. It's found in Psalms 119, 10 through 16. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you back here in two weeks.